Hello, and welcome to We Live for Saturday, your favorite college football podcast. I'm your co-host, Mike, and with me, as always, is John. John, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. Always looking forward to talking some Big Ten college football. It uh, was an interesting weekend last week. Um, some games were fun to watch. Some I would, uh, or well, one in particular, I'd rather forget. And looking forward to moving on from that. <laughs> and but overall, man, you know, no major complaints for this week. All in all, just good to be glad to be here. Every week's a new week. Yeah, and that's I I agree with you there. I'm happy to be here. Every week's a new week, and I'll tell you what. After three straight weeks of going to games, I am excited to just sit on my couch with my two televisions and watch football all weekend. Well, I have a setup similar to that, but with the way they've scheduled this weekend for Big Ten games, it's going to be very, very difficult to try to keep up on everything that's going on. So there's going to be a ton of... I'm going to have to watch a lot more college football on Sunday as well, which I guess I'm not complaining, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's terrible. And I went on that rant the other day, so I won't do it again. But there's no reason to have all the primetime games and one 11 a.m. game. That is just absurd Big Ten conference. Yeah, it's ridiculous. All right. And we want to issue a slight uh, new bit of information from Michigan State. Mel Tucker has been informed by Michigan State of their intent to fire him with cause. And that has set off a whole new firestorm of issues but as far as this show goes that's i think as far as we need to go into it um mel tucker is not going to be you know is not running the football team right now and will not be running the football team again and so we will eventually be seeing a new coach and i'm sure you know i'm sure that'll job will get a lot of attention and in the coaching cycle silly season as we like to call it um you know it'll be a fun one to monitor Oh, yeah. The rumors are already going around. Yeah, absolutely. All right, John, should we jump into it? Yeah, let's do that, man. Okay. First game. This is a Friday night game. We've got two and one Wisconsin Badgers at the one and two Purdue Boilermakers in the Big Ten opener for both squads. It's a 6 p.m. game Friday night on FS1. The line is Wisconsin negative six. Um, for the average total offense, total yards, Wisconsin averages 441 and Purdue averages 398 yards allowed. Wisconsin, uh, allows 368 yards and Purdue an average of 409. And now this week I'm going to add, uh, we're going to talk about SP plus rankings a little bit. Um, what is an S what is an SP plus ranking? You might ask, um, in a single sentence, it's a tempo and opponent adjusted measure of college football efficiency. So this was created by Bill Connolly, formerly a football outsiders, but now at ESPN. And it's just a way with advanced stats to me- measure sort of how well you're doing on a football team, offensively, defensively, special teams, etc. For the purposes of this podcast, we'll talk about offense and defense and maybe special teams if we get really saucy with it. But Wisconsin is currently 25th overall in the country. They rank 44th offensively and 15th defensively. Purdue is 67th overall in the country. They rank 62nd offensively and 71st defensively. 
Wisconsin is on a 16-game win streak against Purdue. Um, on offense, Tanner Mordecai is throwing for 67% completion percentage on 6.9 yards per attempt with two TDs and two picks. Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi have been prolific in wins, but in the loss, not so much. Uh, but in but overall, they're averaging 6.7 and 7.1 yards per rush, respectively. So they've been pretty prolific. Uh, John, how do you see this? What are your thoughts on this game? Well, I think uh, what's going to be interesting to me is watching both of these defenses. And you know, I know that uh, Wisconsin, like you talked about, their their ranking. Um, you know, is pretty relatively high. It's it's pretty good, you know, and I think a lot of that was due to uh, just some very poor quarterback decisions last week, um, which, you know, like we talked about <clears throat> with those turnovers. But um, I think personally, though, that Wisconsin shouldn't have much of an issue, but we all know that, you know, night games in ross Aid Stadium can be a little tricky sometimes for anybody. Uh, I know that, you know, Wisconsin has, true. I don't know how many years in a row now, uh, the, a lot, that that they have Wisconsin owns Purdue pretty much. Wisconsin is on a 16-game win streak against Purdue, John. Yeah. So. 16 games. So it's it's been a minute since Purdue beat beat the Badgers. Yeah, it's been a, been a minute for sure. <laughs> but... But, you know, um, crazy things happen in ross Aid, and we'll see. But uh, not that I'm expecting it to be any other diff- any other outcome other than a, a Badger win. But what I'm more focused on seeing here is just the trajectory of both of these teams and where they're going and and, and how good they, they're going to be in the division and how well how competitive they're going to be. And both teams have a lot of work to do. Neither one, you know, looks fantastic. Um, in my opinion, uh, you know, I think Wisconsin definitely has the edge. I mean, just having Allen and Malusi in the backfield alone just gives you an edge. Um, yep. and, and Mordecai, if he can continue to be just average, you know, they'll be your typical Wisconsin offense, you know, uh, for the most part of what we expect, we're used to seeing, you know, obviously some different wrinkles here and there, but overall, what we're used to seeing. And, um, but the defense again has really got to step up. Um, I think they'll, they should be okay. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, if, if card can stop turning over the ball and fumbling, you know, there's definitely some possibilities for him to, to inflict some damage on this Wisconsin defense. I don't think it's going to be the same kind of game against Georgia Southern or Buffalo, um, but nor do I think it's going to be the same kind of game that they had against uh, you know an opponent like Wazoo. So it could be a little bit interesting. It could be a closer game than what what a lot of people may want, wish it would be uh, if you're a Badger fan. But um, I do think that in the end, you know, just ha- you know, once Wisconsin, if they do what they finally were succeeding at, which was just run the ball at these people, um, they'll be able to come out with a win at the end. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think the big advantage Wisconsin has, I think these teams are probably similar in the passing games. Um, the stats for Hudson Card and Tatter Mordecai are are similar enough, both with, you know, touchdowns, interceptions, completion percentage, all in the mid-high 60s with yards per attempt around seven. So not not super gaudy numbers, but but fairly efficient. Um but the difference is that Purdue has struggled to run the ball and yeah. Devin Mockaby 
is only averaging 3.8 yards per rush on 49 carries. So he hasn't really gotten going yet. Yeah. Tyrone Tracy has shown himself to be a pretty good second banana, but Mockaby is not producing at the level they need if they're going to really be able to run the ball in the Big Ten. So, um, you know, obviously Burks is sensational as with uh, all his receiving yards and a nearly 25-yard average. You know, he scored a few touchdowns, all that kind of stuff. He's yeah. great. And you've seen Sheffield, the tight end Claire have been supporting pieces. So Purdue can move the ball, and I think they will. But when it comes down to it and you need to convert in short yardage, I think Wisconsin just has a big advantage with that run game and the fact that they're so efficient and tough up front. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I think that... I think it could be close, you know, through the first half and, you know, maybe even heading into the fourth quarter. But I think eventually, you know, just can when the way that that uh, running game is set up, they're going to be Wisconsin's going to be able to pull out the win at the end. And but, you know, it could come down to a, a one score game. I, I could see that happening, possibly. I mean, if Purdue is going to have a chance, they have to shut down the run game a little bit, at least force. Tanner Mordecai to beat him through the air and they got to find the way to get the run going a game going a little bit themselves. Mm. The thing that worries me is that Purdue's banged up on the offensive line. Yeah. And that's, that's a problem. Um, maybe they can get the ball to the perimeter and get some swing passes, screens, sweep stuff like that and get away from that beat up offensive line. Um, maybe some misdirection, you know, to keep defenses guessing, but yeah, I agree. It's gonna be, it's gonna be tough. Um, defensively, we've got some fun players in this. You know, Thieneman's a beast for Purdue. Wohler for Wisconsin's a really fun player. You know, he's had tackles, interceptions, and a sack. Um, there's gonna be yards available in this game. Both teams are gonna move the ball, and I agree. I think it's gonna come down to the Wisconsin run game. I've got. I think. I think we're going to see glimpses of this new Wisconsin offense start to click in Big Ten play, but I think we'll also see that it's still a work in progress like we kind of have. Yeah. But I think they're going to have – I think it's going to be enough, though. Um, so I've got Wisconsin 27, Purdue 20. All right. <clears throat> I've got Wisconsin 28, Purdue 24. All right. It's a close one. Mm -hmm. Okay. All the other games are Saturday games. Next up, we've got the 3-0 Rutgers Scarlet Knights at the 3-0 number two ranked Michigan Wolverines. That's an 11 a.m. game on the Big Ten Network. The line is Michigan negative 24, which feels downright disrespectful to Greg Schiani right now. I'm going to be <laughs> honest. I mean, Michigan is that good. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I think they'll probably cover it, but that's a big spread against a team playing as as salty as Rutgers has been lately. Chop, baby. Chop. <laughs> uh, we got Jim Harbaugh back coaching in this game. So that's exciting. We've got, we'll see the khaki pants back on the sideline. We'll see if that makes any kind of difference, if that brings some. I do wonder if Jim Harbaugh weighs in on big moments, if they've been missing that on key downs where the head man, you know, we know when Josh Gaddis was there as OC that that Harbaugh was kind of pulling the strings behind the 
behind the scenes and maybe even doing some play calling potentially, at least as so the rumor goes. Um, so it'll be good to have Jim Harbaugh back. I think it'll probably be a positive impact for, for the Wolverines. Um, total yards, Rutgers averages 346 to Michigan's 402 yards allowed. Rutgers gives up 273. Michigan's giving up just 222 yards, which the competition hasn't been great, but that's pretty, pretty solid work. Um, both squads are giving up fewer than a hundred yards rushing per game at 70 yards for the Scarlet Knights and 81 for Michigan. So that's a story in itself that both teams have shut the rundown completely just about completely this year. And then let's go SP plus rankings. So Michigan is number three overall in SP plus. They rank 16th offensively, number two defensively and fifth on special teams. Hmm. And Rutgers is 64th nationally. They rank 78th offensively, 44th defensively and 27th on special teams. Um, John, what are your, what are your thoughts? Oh, sorry. First of all, JJ McCarthy coming off a subpar performance, but he's been spectacular, spectacular in his other two starts this year. I can enunciate. I swear. (laughs) John, what are you thinking about this game? Words are hard sometimes late at night. They are. I get it. Um, (laughs) no, man, I think honestly, man, I think this could be a really good game. I, I, I could be really entertaining, right? I really think so. This is a great story. I, sorry, but I love the fact that like that Rutgers is three and zero right now and their defense looks fantastic. They have this phenomenal running back who, you know, Manungai, who is just like, he's so much fun to watch. And And he's all name team. His name is just fun to say. Yeah, absolutely. He's so so much great. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I just, I, I'm, you know, I, I am, uh, kind of excited to see how this goes. And, and I do, you know, I, I, I think Michigan in the end will, you know, come out on top. They have the depth of talent. They, I think their defense is phenomenal and their offense of course is obviously phenomenal when, when JJ McCarthy has his head in the game, which I think he will, I think having Harbaugh back will make a big difference. I think that's going to, yeah going to definitely, um, you know, help, uh, motivate this team, you know, to just play better all around. I think they will be much more focused. Uh, you know, you know, he's going to be ready to go. Um, and he's going to want to show, show up in a big way. Um, just as a, you know, middle finger to pretty much everybody he possibly can point it to. Um, but he, but at the same time though, like with Rutgers and how they're playing defensively and I don't, this isn't just a, a, a fluke. I know that they haven't been playing any world beaters, but like they've been playing power five teams. They've had two, two uh, power five teams on their, on their, on their schedule. Um, you know, and it's not like they're playing some lowly, you know, sisters of the poor team either. Like they're, they're playing against some solid competition and they're doing very, very well. And they're running the ball incredibly well. Manungai is, the I think he's got the best stats of a, of the running any running back in the Big Ten at this point in time. Um, he and Cars uh, and sorry um, and Wimsat looks he's looking better. You know I, his arm isn't necessarily going to win you games, but having him as a dual threat it can open up a lot for that offense. Yeah, and, he's rushed for 144 yards on yeah. over five yards per carry. So Wimsat is a weapon that way. And you're right, Manunga's got 357 yards on 6.2 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. So 
it's been really impressive stuff there. And the Rutgers defense, man, guys like Powell, Jennings, Dixon, Toure, been making plays, you know, game in and game out and winning those games. So the Rutgers DBs are good, I, I, I believe, but they've definitely not been tested like they will be against Michigan and JJ McCarthy and and these receivers. Well, but and also, but on the on the flip side though, like how how much has Michigan truly been been tested either? Not like, at all. That's Michigan what has saying. not been tested at all. So that's why I'm kind. Of, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a closer game than what people might be expecting. I I think the first half is going to be close for sure. Because I think Rutgers will find a way to muddy it up, shorten the game a little bit, limit possessions. And I think the defense is good enough. Like, unless J.J. McCarthy comes out breathing fire, I think it's going to be close for a while. But there is the possibility that J.J. McCarthy comes out breathing fire. Like, that's that's totally on the table. And if that happens, then I think all bets are off, no matter how good that Rutgers defense has been. I agree. I'm I'm kind of I'm hoping to see see the you know the other scenario, but you're absolutely right. I you know we we also are fully aware that of all of the skill you know skill talent they have, um, skill position talent they have on that team, and and what they're capable of doing, and they could dominate that game you know from start to finish as well. So I'm actually not that worried about the Rutgers defense. I think they're up for for making this a game. I think my question is, can the Rutgers offense move the ball against Michigan? Yeah. Because a, yeah. it, can Rutgers run the ball or not? Because if they can't run the ball, then Gavin Wimsett is going to get exposed by that Michigan defense. No, no, that's true. If they, if, and that's the thing. Yeah. If Michigan is able to stop the run and keep uh, Wimsett from, from scrambling and dominate their offensive uh, Rutgers offensive line, yeah, I mean, there's really there's nothing you'll they'll be able to do at and that. And Michigan point. has a monster D line with Mason Graham and Chris Jenkins, and True. like, I mean, they got some guys who can really ball. Yeah, I'm hoping for a closer game, but it could definitely go the other way. For sure. All right, John, you ready to pick it? Yeah. Who you got in this one? I've got, I've got Michigan, thirty one. Rutgers 24. Ooh. Yeah. All right. That's a good, that's a good, that's interesting. I have got Michigan 30, Rutgers 10. I think that it's going to be close for a while, but I think eventually the skill position talent kind of takes over. I think Roman Wilson and Cornelius Johnson get going. And then Blake Corum at that point is going to be able to do whatever he wants. I think I think that will happen even with my prediction. I just think that Rutgers will stay in this long enough and give them a little bit of a scare. They did last year, too. Yeah. And, and so I just think that might happen. Rutgers has scared Michigan a few times over the years. Yeah. There, there's been a few games that were close longer than they had any right to be close. So I'm and I'm I'm hoping to see that. But yeah, I mean, I could totally have egg on my face and it could be an absolute blowout as well. So, yeah, right on. All right. Moving along. We've got the one and two Florida Atlantic Owls at the one and two Illinois Illini. This is a two thirty p.m. game on the Big Ten Network. The line is Illinois negative 15. Total yards. FAU averages 
324 to Illinois' 356. Yards allowed, FAU is allowing 361. And Illinois is allowing 446 yards. Now, granted, that's um, it's a little skewed from the game against Penn State, but but still. Um, both squads getting out gained through their first three games, which has probably led partially to those one and two records. In the SP+, Plus, Illinois currently ranks 52nd. They are 77th offensively. 21st defensively and 98th on special teams. And FAU is 91st offensively, 86th defensively and 111th on special teams. Um, Offense FAU has played two QBs. Nebraska transfer Casey Thompson had gotten the bulk of the snaps and has 509 yards passing on 63% completion, but he had unfortunately suffered a season ending injury. So he will be done. Um, yeah, John, how are you seeing this one shaping up? <clears throat> well, I think this is, this is a get right game for, for Illinois and, and particularly Luke Altmeyer. I think it's, it's for him to gain, regain some of his confidence. Um, I think Bielema needs to get his quarterback confident. I think he needs to get those running backs in that running game established. Um, Cause I think the defense uh, with Illinois is going to be, obviously I think they're going to be more than fine in this game. Um, but I think they, they actually re- were able to feel a little bit better last, uh, last week against Penn state. Um, it's just the offense that needs uh, a total rehaul this week. And I think yep. they'll be able to do that. I think they'll have a chance to, to work out some of the kinks and as long as <clears throat> you know, it's not put squarely on the shoulders of Altmeyer, um, you know, you want him to feel better and you want him to get those reps and throw some passes and hopefully score some touchdowns. But at the same time, you don't want him to, to be taking on the bulk of that offensive production. You want to make sure those running backs are getting in there and, and getting positive yardage and having him, you know, find some some targets, some different targets down the field and everything like that. And you want to see that their their offensive line, you know, um, just play well and, and at the line of scrimmage and 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 protect their quarterback to give him that time. So and I don't think FAU what I what I watched you know, with the film with them like they're they're not great on the offensive line at the line of scrimmage no nope. they're, they're not good at running the ball at all no um and their passing game you know was serviceable but not really not that often so <laughs> i think illinois should should uh should roll in this game yeah i mean reggie love is averaging 5.1 yards per rush you know f- feed him the ball and get Isaiah Williams as many touches as you can, both receiving and maybe give it to him in the run game a little bit too. Uh, I definitely think he needs double-digit targets every game. You got to find a way to get him the ball one way or another. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. The Illinois D put it together and played well against Penn State. If they put up that kind of effort, they should absolutely dominate You know, this overmatched FAU squad. Um but Illinois hasn't been able to generate a running game really mm-hmm. not consistently anyway. So I think they got, we got to see Illinois do that this week. This yeah. is the week that you talk about a get right game. It's got to get right in the running game first, yeah. because when you get back into big 10 play, you're going to have to be able to run the ball. If this offense is going to have any success. True. 
Awesome. Should we pick it? Yeah. There's not much else to say. Yeah. I, I No, I mean with all with all due respect to the owls. Yes. We're gonna we'll pick it. I've got Illinois twenty seven FAU ten. I've got Illinois thirty FAU six. Yeah. Right on. All right. Moving on to the three and O Maryland Terrapins visiting the two and one Michigan State Spartans. This is a two thirty PM game on NBC. The line is Maryland negative seven and a half. Maryland's averaging a uh, impressive 480 yards per game. Sparty's averaging 377 uh, yards allowed. Mar- Maryland's allowing 315 yards per game. Sparty's allowing 375. SP plus Maryland's currently 31st. They are 39th offensively, 26th defensively, and 41st on special teams. So pretty consistent in there. Uh, Sparty is 73rd offensively, 39th defensively, and 10th on special teams. So getting it done in, in that phase of the game. Um, Sparty, Noah Kim was great in the wins, but he was terrible in a shutout loss to Washington. You know, he's thrown for 707 yards on 57% completion with five TDs and a pick. Uh, Nathan Carter has been really good at running back. He's shown explosion and then the ability to consistently get yards on, you know, five uh, yards per rush. And Trey Mosley, I think, is, you know, has really gotten going also with 11 catches for 144 yards. Maryland, we've got Leah is complete, has 889 yards on 67% completions, nine yards per attempt, five TDs and two picks. Wow. Mm. That is... Leah's putting on a show this year, John. Oh, yeah. We all expected that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, Roman Hemby averaging over six yards per rush. And McDonald is then even better at 7.9 yards per rush. Um, The question is, can Sparty bounce back from that absolute bludgeoning they took at the hands of Washington and make this interesting? John, how do you see this game going? Well, uh, I think it's it's kind of a repeat of last week. You know, we we talked a lot about where is their head at, where is this the psyche of this team, and and clearly last week, not that you know. To be fair, you know, Washington could have the best offense in the country right now, and 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 you know, top twenty defense, like who they're incredible. So yeah, they're, they're amazing. Yeah, they they could definitely be in the college football playoff, um, but. The, but at the same time, you know, we were wondering where their where their head would be at after everything that's gone down in East Lansing. Um, clearly, it didn't look great. Um, and will it be worse this week or the same or will there be some improvement? Now, do I think when you just break it down and you look at these teams talent wise, I think Sparty could put up a fight. I do think that they have the ability to to make this game interesting. Um I, you know, if they can get out of their own way. Uh, but, you know, I do think that Maryland is definitely uh, the more talented team. Um, I see them p- 
pulling out the win in this, but I think it might not be as lopsided as what we saw last week with Washington. Yeah, I think the question for me is, can Sparty get pressure on Leah and can they slow down Roman Hemby in the running game? Yeah. Because if they do those two things, then maybe they can stop Maryland from going off offensively and then maybe they can play, you know, they can slug it out a little bit and they can run the ball and try to protect Noah Kim and not, you know, not make him do too much. And, you know, then maybe they can make it a game and have a shot to win. But that is a lot of maybes. Well, unless, and this is what we need to see from Maryland, if they go down by two scores in the first quarter, like they've been doing, you know. The last two weeks they did that. Are they going to be able to come back against a Sparty team who will, if that were to happen, I could see Sparty be very motivated to, and get, you know, they'll have that momentum on their side. and. I don't know if if Maryland will be able to crawl their way back out of it against Michigan State if they get down like that again. I if don't... Sparty goes up two scores in the first quarter at home, that crowd is going to go ballistic. Yes. And it's going to be a factor. So Maryland has to be real freaking careful this week. Yeah, if I'm Maryland, you got to get out of the, you got to get out of the gates quick because if you put Sparty down early, they might just give up. Yeah. But if you let them hang around or let them or they jump out of the gates faster than you and take a lead, then all bets are off. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be more of this game is going to be more psychological than anything. And and you're like like for just the reasons we pointed out. I, I, and if 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 Maryland is asleep at the wheel at the beginning of that game, this could turn out very differently than what even I'm expecting. But I mean, as of right now, if I had to pick, I'm picking Maryland. Um, for, you know, I think they do have the more talented team. They've, they've got that, you know, I mean, Talia is, is just amazing. Um, so I think they're going to definitely be able to score points. Uh, but if you give Sparty a chance, you know, they, you might be paying for it. Yeah, absolutely agree. All right, should we pick it? Yeah. I have Maryland 28, Sparty 13. I have Maryland 23 and Sparty 17. All right. So you've got you've got Sparty covering them. I do. Yeah. I could see it going that way. I could see it being a really close game. I just maybe I'm 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 being too biased from the Washington. I'm thinking too much about that game and the 713 yards they put up because you know, because nobody else is Washington. Nobody no. else on this, you know, nobody else on the schedule is Washington. No, not even not even the, the East juggernauts offensively aren't. No. Um, yeah. All right, John, was there an announcement we wanted to make? Yes, we would like to remind everyone that if you are looking for us, uh, we this podcast, we live for Saturday with Mike and John is found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, and Google Podcasts. Uh, Please follow us and give us a five-star review. Even if you don't like what we're saying, a five-star review would be awesome. You can say mean things in the review. Yes. You can say the meanest things you want to say. Just give us a five-star review. Absolutely. We're totally okay with that. Um, Also, if you want to follow us on Twitter or X, uh, whatever you want to call it now, I'm going to call it Twitter. 
I'm going to call it Twitter, but <laughs> you do what you feel like. <laughs> we, you can find us at we live for B1G sat. That's at we live for B1G sat. Uh, shoot us any questions, critiques, uh, anything like that. We'll be happy to interact with you. Um, DM us, whatever you want to do. Just follow us, you know, retweet, all that good stuff. Uh, get our name out there. We would really appreciate that. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you in advance for doing that then, listeners. All right. Moving on to the next game. We've got the we've got two and two Louisiana Tech visiting one and two Nebraska. This is a 2.30 p.m. game on the Big Ten Network. The line is Nebraska negative 20. Total yards, Louisiana Tech averages 407 to Nebraska's 339. Yards allowed, Louisiana Tech is giving up 381 to Nebraska's 285. Nebraska ranks 65th in SP Plus currently. They are 83rd offensively, 41st defensively, and 113th on special teams. I will say that 41st number, really Nebraska is a better defense than that, than the 41st best defense in the country. But the fact that their offense has been so inept has put them in positions where they're mm-hmm. facing more possessions and thus leads to, you know, them giving up more points. Absolutely. So that's, you know, SP plus is, is great, but like anything else, all stats are imperfect. Nothing tells the full story. Yeah. Uh, Louisiana tech is 72nd offensively, 128th defensively. That's out of 133 teams, folks, 128th defensively and 84th special teams. Uh, Boise State transfer transfer Hank Bachmeyer is completing 66% of his passes with five TDs and two picks. Um, their RBs, Willis and Shelton, have been extremely effective to the tune of seven and ten yards per rush, respectively, combined for five TDs. Wide receiver number one is Smoke Harris with 24 catches for 288 yards. Um, and then with Nebraska, the question is... Who's going to play QB, John? Is it Sims or is it Harburg? Both are completing just 58% and 53% of their passes, respectively. Sims has thrown the four picks, though. Well, Harburg didn't throw any. But also, you know, we know that um, Sims is is prolific in his abilities on the ground. So. He is, but who do you trust? And I, I guess, like, for me at this point, um, Again, I'm not, you know, I know that Harburg wasn't necessarily like, you know, blowing people away, but like the kid was clearly motivated. He ran hard. He played hard. I just I feel like his attitude and everything like that, like and 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 frankly, you know, the fan base's attitude surrounding him and you could tell the team too, they're behind this guy. And I don't know. how confident they are in Jeff Sims. I I feel like that could be, I don't know how they could be confident in him after all the turnovers. Exactly. And and he's, he's just a proven liability and that, you know, that sucks, but like, and I'm not, I don't know, man. I, for me, I know that Harburg looked good against Northern Illinois and it was Northern Illinois, but at the same time, man, he's got that moment. He's got the momentum going. He, he, for me, that's who I would be. I'd be rolling with if I were Matt rule, that's who I would be rolling with right now. It's going to be really interesting to see what Matt rule does. Yeah. 
It's going to tell you a lot about how he sees this team and how he sees both of his quarterbacks by who he go whom he goes with. Yeah, well, now now do I think they would still win no matter what quarterback they roll out on that field? Yeah. I I would definitely expect the Huskers to r- run away with this. But it's not about this week. It's about no. It's about the weeks upcoming in Big Ten play. Exactly. And that's what we need to figure out here in this game. Because, you know, LaTeX is, uh, their defense was atrocious. And from what I saw against uh, North Texas. But I mean, they are ranked 128 out of 133 teams defensively. That's Mm -hmm. that's That's rough. That's pretty bad. Yep, that's as bad. That's about as bad as it gets. Yeah. Um, And Nebraska has a lot to figure out this game because their top two running backs, Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson, were both lost to season ending injuries. Um, So now it'll be up to Anthony Grant to go from the doghouse back to the gridiron and see if he can recapture some of the form he showed at times last season. Um, He will be backed up by Emmett Johnson and Quentin Ives. I mean, he's got um, he's got the the ability. He just has to hold on to the ball. That's it. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. He's a good player. Yep. He's just got to. Yeah, that's there. I feel like in the Big Ten this year, we can save out a lot of guys. They <laughs> just have to hold on to the ball. Don't give it away. There's like one on well, every team. Yeah. And sometimes it's a quarterback and sometimes it's a running back. And occasionally it's even a wide receiver. Yeah. But it's like somebody's got to hold on to the ball. Who is the isn't. turnovers this year are insane. Uh, it's nuts. But but I think, too, like, you know, we talk about I, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about things nationally, too. And like, I guess like no, no one in college football, like, well, I shouldn't say no one, but most of the most of the teams in college football, nobody looks like pro incredibly prolific, like to a point where they're they look like almost perfect. I'm not I'm not, I'm not hearing that. But no. Um, yeah. My question is, can the Nebraska D fully shut Louisiana Tech down? Mm-hmm. Um, cause the Nebraska D has been really good and Louisiana tech has moved the ball at times and they've been able to have some success offensively. And then of course, can the Nebraska offense get back on track against one of the worst defenses in all of college football? Yeah. Um, I'm expecting, you know, a similar game to the, to the Northern Illinois game to a point. I, I think that, uh, you know, latex offenses is, is probably better, but, Nebraska's defense is underrated. Uh, I don't think they get the praise they deserve. Um, like we've talked about, you know, if they didn't have to keep bailing out that offense, they'd probably look a lot better. Um, yeah. But, you know, that is what it is right now. Uh, so I think they, I don't think they'll have any problem in this game. I think they'll roll. Uh, and, you know, there may be early on Louisiana Tech will give them a little bit, you know, give them fits here and there. But uh, I, I just don't see it happening. I don't, I don't see it. Uh, causing any long-term issues it's more about who's a quarter who are you gonna roll with for your quarterback for the rest of the season and can you figure out that run game and get anthony grant really rolling yep absolutely agree and also figure out who's gonna be that second banana to anthony grant because i'm Mm. assuming anthony grant has to be the guy one of those one of those backups is gonna have to at least be able to do spot duty Yep. Um, Because you're not going to want to ride Anthony Grant in the ground, given that they have so little depth at this point. Yep. Man, I hate injuries. It's the worst. They're the worst. All right. Let's pick this. I've got Nebraska 31, Louisiana Tech 6. I think Nebraska really shows up this week and plays their best game of the year. John, what do you think? I think Nebraska 
I see them more at uh, 26 because uh, they're going to I feel like they're going to run the ball, obviously, a lot. That's their that is what they do. The, the mm-hmm. thing they do really well, <laughs> the thing um, yeah. <laughs> offensively. <laughs> but I also see uh, Louisiana Tech. Yeah, I, I'd say six. Right on. All right. Next up, one of the most anticipated games of the year. We've got the Ohio State Buckeyes playing in South Bend to take on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. This is a 6.30 p.m. game on NBC. Line is Ohio State negative three. Total yards, Ohio State is averaging about 475 yards to Notre Dame's 509 Yards allowed. Ohio State's giving up just 224 yards, and Notre Dame's giving up just 234 yards. Both teams are extremely stingy against the run. SP Plus rankings. Ohio State is now currently number one in the whole country, number fourth offensively, fifth defensively, and 61st on special teams. And Notre Dame is ranked fourth in the country in SP Plus, sixth on offense seventh defensively and just 97th on special teams. So both teams are in the top 10 in offensive and defensive SP plus, but neither has elite special teams, at least to this point in the year. Um, John, this is a, this is a big one. We've been talking about this game for weeks. Yeah. I, I mean, this, this game has a lot on the line. Um, and I think more so for the, for Ohio state than Notre Dame, um, in some ways, because I do think this might have some playoff implications. Um, you know, really it's, it's whose offense is going to show up the best for me because both defenses are solid. I'm expecting that to be a tough game, but what, where does the, I know both both quarterbacks. Obviously, uh, I think Sam Hartman is definitely the best quarterback on the field. He Sam Hartman is the best Irish QB since who? Since Brady Quinn, Jimmy Clausen. Yeah, like it's been a minute, and he looks incredible. I mean, the guy he's 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 amazing. He's smart. He makes incredible decisions. He knows how to work, you know, work that offense, run that offense really, really well. Yeah. And, but it helps having a freaking huge bruising running back of Audric Estime, who just bulldozes everybody every time he gets on the field. And he's incredible. And I, like, I would be terrified to see that guy running at me. He's been unbelievable. Yeah. He's got 521 yards already on a gaudy 8.3 yards per carry. He's I mean, in, that yeah. is just ridiculous. And the Irish have been crushing teams. Their in top the- receiving targets include Tyree, Thomas, and Great House. Notre Dame, like Hartman said, he likes to spread the ball around. Mm-hmm. So you can't neglect anybody defensively or Sam Hartman will find the weakness. Yep. So far, nine different players have a touchdown catch this season. Yeah. Sorry, what were you saying? No, and he likes to th- he likes to throw everywhere, but he likes to work the middle of the field. He involves his tight ends. There is nobody he's afraid to throw to. And nope. it's it, that's it's a this is a really, really dangerous team. And I I think Ohio State should absolutely be nervous about this game. I'm nervous for the Buckeyes. Oh, um, yeah, it, this is it's going to be tight. Um, I don't know if this is going to turn into a shootout. 
I think what it could come come down to actually is the running game, you know, and for me right now, Audric Estime looks like they, you know, looks like they would have the makes it look like Notre Dame has the edge. So we're going to have to see if Travion Henderson can get it going and that Buckeyes offensive line can open up some lanes for him against that stingy Notre Dame defense, man. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, both teams are what's interesting to me is both teams have been offensive juggernauts and stout defensive teams. They're kind of mirror images, images of each other, which is what makes this game so difficult to pick. Um, they're both good on the defensive line. Notre Dame is good on the O line, but Ohio State State's O line is still a little bit of a question mark, particularly at the two tackle spots. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that the Irish can win up front on defense? Because if if the Irish start start beating those tackles, that changes things considerably for me when I'm like when I'm projecting who's going to succeed in this game. Absolutely. That's where my mind heads to is at the line of scrimmage. And I'm not as certain about that offense, that Ohio State offensive line. I I think, you know, what we've seen when we have seen the uh, Ohio State run successfully, it's been mostly to the outside. They do not like to run it up the middle. Um, and Which is I, weird. Yeah, it's not usually what we're it's not what we're used to seeing. Yeah. So. And I don't know how well that's going to how that how well they're going to be able to do with that um, for the long term in the game. I, I just I don't know, man. I, I I am I'm a little scared for the Buckeyes in this game, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's not very often I go into a regular season game thinking there's a chance Ohio State could lose. No, but there's definitely a chance. I mean, this Irish team is is the best Notre Dame team I can remember, at least at this point of the mm-hmm. season. They look like that. We'll Absolutely. see how they end up. Yeah, and I know they played. Uh, they played NC State um, very well, and I so like I know, and I. And That's I a good program. It is. It is. So I feel like Notre Dame has been tested too, and and yeah, yeah, man. I I don't know. I think I think this is pretty a pretty dangerous game for for Ohio State. So I, I'm I might be leaning towards towards the home home team. Yeah, my question is, you know, the Irish run D is pretty good. Like you say, can they slow the Buckeyes down and make them one dimensional and Mm -hmm. force Kyle McCord to win this game on his arm, which I think he's capable of doing, but it's tough if the other team's running the ball and passing the ball and you're just passing the ball. So I think I think that Buckeye run game really has to step up this week and we need to see them play the best they have this year. Yeah, you're going to have to take some of that pressure off Kyle McCord because this is it's his first full year starting. I think like it's he he's going to feel that pressure and that that crowd is going to be nuts. And I think that we're just going to have to see how well he handles that. And if you like, yeah, like you said, if you make them one dimensional, can he actually carry that team to a win? I don't know. Sam Hartman, I think he can. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've seen Sam Hartman going back to his time at Wake Forest. I mean, yeah. this guy, he's clutch. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, John, I'm, what's your pick then? You're taking you're taking the Irish. I'm taking the Irish. I've got Notre Dame. Twenty one, Ohio State, 17. Interesting. Mm. All right. I, I see it a little differently. I think this game's going to be a little more explosive offensively. 
I think I've got the number six Ohio State Buckeyes, 34. Number nine Notre Dame Fighting Irish, 31. Okay. I think I think Notre Dame gets a lead. I think probably maybe even a couple leads. I think they put a big scare in Ohio State, but I just I have a hard time picking against the Buckeyes. They've been nearly bulletproof in the regular season outside of, you know, the last couple of years against Michigan. It's tough to get them ever. And I just think that they're going to step up and play the best game they played this year. And I do not I don't think that I'm not trying to say that that won't happen. I just think this is going to be a hard fought defensive battle. I don't think this may not, this may not have a ton of fireworks. I think because both defenses are so good um, that it might be a lower scoring game. And I just, something's just telling me, and I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope I'm wrong, but something's just telling me Notre Dame is going to be able to pull this out. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see. And to see what kind of game it is, it is it a more of a defensive struggle, like you say, or do we see some more fireworks like I'm hoping? Yeah. All right. Next up, we've got the three and O number 24 Iowa Hawkeyes visiting the three and O number seven Penn State Nittany Lions for a whiteout game. This is a 630 p.m. game on CBS. It's a wild new world we live in. The line is Penn State, negative 14 and a half. Total yards, Iowa averaged 302 to Penn State's 467. Yards allowed, Iowa's giving up just 286, and Penn State even fewer at 267. SP plus, Penn State's ninth in the country, 21st offensively, fourth defensively, 102nd on special teams. Iowa is... 81st offensively, first defensively. Now, granted, some of that, and 30th on special teams. Cade McNamara has thrown for 417 yards this year on 54% completions on 5.9 yards per attempt with four TDs and three picks, but he has not been fully well. He's clearly been playing hurt. And it's affected his mobility quite significantly. And now we have more bad news with injury. Um, Iowa's top two running backs, Caleb Johnson and Jazz Patterson, will be out for the game against Penn State. This leaves LaShawn Williams as the top back left in the room. True Frosh, Kamari Moulton will also get time. And we have a further injury. Uh, Star Iowa tight end Luke Lachey is out for the year. And had a season-ending injury, which is which is really too bad. So that leaves Iowa without a clear number one target, and I I wonder who steps up into that role. Yeah, man, it's this is going to be tough. I mean, you already have McNamara there, you know, sitting in the pocket, who is not looking healthy, has trouble moving sometimes, and I think even setting his feet and 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 passing the ball to you know accurately. I think he's. It, it bothers him more than what we're what we may actually be aware of um, from what yeah. I what it looks like to me and which which is terrible. I mean, that sucks. That's I, 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 I hate that. Like we talked about with injuries and obviously, you know, all of this stuff, you know, with Iowa being down their their top two running backs their you know, and then their star tight end. That's a huge blow. And it is not the right time for all of that to happen going into a whiteout game 
at Penn State. That is, as you, we both know, we've both been to Whiteout games, two different ones, but yep. we've both been, and that is an atmosphere that is brutal to play. Yeah, you don't want that. It kind of reminds me of last year when the when uh, Minnesota went into the Penn State Whiteout and we showed up and found out Tanner Morgan was hurt and not going to play. Oh, yeah, and it, then you it, had a then you had a true frosh making their first start in a whiteout and it you know it didn't go great no i i I now you know do i think that this will be an an absolute blowout i don't think so i think with what we saw last week you know when when aller was playing against a legitimate defense you know which we're going to see again here this week with uh Mm -hmm. with iowa being on the field um i think that they'll be able to to limit him to some degree um, and contain the run game as well to to for for a while, but I do think uh, in the end, you know, Penn State is probably going to come out on top due to the fact again the just more depth and and being healthier at this point, anyways. Yeah, my biggest question in this game is other than who wins up front yeah. is will Drew Aller have another tough game against a Phil Parker defense? If so, does that impact things that shorten the game and give Iowa a chance to play field position and a chance to be competitive? Mm-hmm. Um, Penn State didn't look great on the O-line last week, but they've been pretty great on the O-line overall, and they have some highly touted guys. So I wonder, how does that Penn State front match up against the Iowa defense? Do we see, we kind of like last week, we saw the Illinois defensive front after a couple bad games kind of really show up and play well against Penn State. I wonder if we see the Penn State um, offensive line step up and play better this week after kind of a an iffy week last week. Well, yeah, we I haven't seen not that Katron Allen and, and Singleton haven't been playing well. I just haven't seen these. I guess I was expecting more explosiveness for, from them this yeah. uh, this season. And I haven't really seen that yet. And I think that's because of the offensive line and they got to do a better job. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, for Penn State, who's the number one wide receiver right now? We've got Keandre Lambert-Smith, Harrison Wallace, tight end Tyler Warren, all garnering a lot of targets. Um, can Iowa move the ball against this Penn State defense? I guess to me, that's the biggest That's the biggest question in this game. It's kind of similar to the Rutgers-Michigan game. Not saying that these games are that, but similar just in that respect is – can Iowa move the ball against this Penn State, this Penn State front? Well, I think what we've seen, you know, with uh, Williams is clearly a, a solid third back. I mean, he, absolutely, he looks fantastic, and he's good. And um, and and the offensive line for Iowa definitely looked a lot better. It's gotten better every week, and and so I think if they if they're able to do that and if they can keep McNamara clean in the pocket they they may be able to to throw something together and, and keep it keep it a, a a closer game yeah all right should we pick it yeah um I have got Penn State 31 Iowa 13. I think that the whiteout is a factor always. I think this is the wrong time for Iowa to come up with a bunch of key injuries. I think this Penn state team is probably frustrated that they didn't play their best game last week. And I think they're going to come out and play a really good game this week. And I just think sometimes you run into that whiteout and it's a buzzsaw. 
And I think that this was, this was just the wrong time for Iowa to get banged up. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, I think Iowa will have some flashes here and there and, and be able to score, you know, at least get in the end zone one once, but I, I see the same kind of similar outcome. I, I see Penn state also at 31 and Iowa 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. I picked it even, even bigger than I did. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Moving on. We've got one and two Akron at one and two Indiana. This is a 6.30 p.m. game on the Big Ten Network. The line is IU, negative 17 and a half. Total yards, Akron's averaging 263 to IU's 356. Total yards allowed, Akron's giving up 345 to IU's 298. Indiana is 81st in SP Plus right now. They're 82nd offensively, 78th defensively, and 38th on special teams. Akron is 120th on offense, 124th on defense, and 120th on special teams. So Akron ranks 130th overall in SP plus out of 133 teams in SP plus. Um, quickly on offense, Akron has uh, DJ Irons has 392 yards on 65% completions, 5.4 yards per attempt. And then they've got uh, they've got another quarterback named Jeff Undercuffler, who also plays and has a little higher yards per attempt. Um, they haven't run the ball. Well, they haven't run it at all. Really. Um, my bottom line is I just think Taven Jackson and Jalen Lucas should be able to do whatever they want against this defense. And I expect heavy doses of Lucas and Henderson in the running game. What do you think, John? Yeah, I I think Indiana will walk. will just have no issue here. And I think Tavon Jackson and Lucas, I agree, will be able to do whatever it is they want to do this, this team. Um, when I watched them play Kentucky, they they just in some some parts of that game, it looked like they were they were playing a high school team, you know, it, against like it was grown men against boys in some aspects, and it was yeah. it was it was hard. Like they they just can't tackle. <laughs> they it was like you know you had to have like four or five guys on on uh, on on some of these uh, some of these players from Kentucky to take them down. Their D line was just getting shoved around everywhere. They got beat a lot on the coverage they i just don't think this is going to be any issue for for indiana at all no should we pick it i don't yeah. i don't have a lot to say about no it. indiana should roll yeah i've got indiana 42 akron 7 and it's going to be a late 7 against the backups okay i've got indiana 38 and i've got akron 6 yeah right on all right so I think that brings us to our last game. We've got the two and one Minnesota Gophers visiting the one and two Northwestern Wildcats. This is for we have no idea why it's a 630 p.m. game on the Big Ten Network. How it's not an 11 a.m. game, I don't know, but it is. <laughs> it's in prime time. So get excited for that. <laughs> um, the line is Minnesota negative 13. Uh, total yards average, Minnesota 322 to Northwestern's 286. Yards allowed, Minnesota 322 to Northwestern's 364. Um, and SP Plus, Minnesota's currently 42nd. 
They're 79th offensively, uh, mostly due to those struggles in the red zone that they've had. 10th defensively and 67th on special teams. And Northwestern is 87th in SP plus 128th offensively, 50th defensively and 48th on special teams. Ben Bryant has thrown for 408 yards on 55% completion percentage on just 4.7 yards per attempt with two TDs and three picks. So that's not great. Um, Cam Porter leads in rushing and is also a receiving threat. And then AJ Henning is a dangerous receiver who they also hand the ball to. Obviously with Minnesota, Ethan Kelly McManus is coming off the worst game he's played ever. Um, he's completing 51% of his passes currently on just 5.1 yards per attempt with one TD and three picks. So we've got two quarterbacks who are struggling right now coming into this game. Um, Darius Taylor leads the offense with 334 yards rushing and just two t- games of use for six yards per rush and two TDs. John, what do you think about this game? Well, I, I, for me, you know, I, I just want to give one blanket statement, like particularly to Gopher fans and Minnesota sports fans in general is, you know, this whole the sky is falling mentality anytime there's a setback. And it's not just with the Gophers. This is just anybody who doesn't know. This is just sports fans mentality in the state of Minnesota is there's one setback or one bad game, um, especially early in the season that, you know, the the season's essentially over to to many of the fan base, many people, especially the casual fans. Um, we know that's not true. Um, any team at this point in in college football only three games in could do a lot better or do a lot worse we know that that's just how it goes um so i think ethan could definitely we've seen him play better we've seen him you know in the wisconsin game how he led the team back against nebraska how well he looked against syracuse in the bowl game last year we know he can play we've seen him do the thing yes we have seen seen him come out and do the thing there is film just look it up on youtube you can't keep telling me that he's an awful, terrible quarterback, no talent. PJ yeah. doesn't know what he's doing. Put in the third string, whatever. Like, come on. Like, get a freaking grip. Um, and that goes for anybody, for any team. This isn't just Minnesota. This is just obviously I'm more directly affected by this. But, um, but like, yeah, he has to do better. He has to execute. So, does the, so do the receivers. Everyone needs to just do better. And across the board and i i think the only the other than just seeing obviously ethan do better the receivers actually just executing everything um i want to i i don't really want to see a ton of darius taylor i want to see a second running back get in there and see who who is that who's going to be the person like you know to, to to clean up and and to look you know because we can't run him into the ground we can't do what wisconsin did to uh to to Allen and and eventually you know Taylor gets injured halfway through the season and then then what do we do you know I want to see I want to see if Tyler ha- can do better I, and frankly I personally you know this is me I want to see Zach Evans um I I don't know what it is he did why PJ's pissed at him there must be a reason he got in his doghouse somehow yeah but please just let me see what this kid can do and because yeah. we need to see something, we can't just run Darius Taylor into the ground. We've seen how that 
that goes. We've, we've experienced it personally with Mo and I don't want to see that again. So yeah. Well, and Darius isn't Mo. Darius is a true freshman. Yes. It's one thing for an upperclassman who, you know, can handle the load that you ride them the way you do Yeah, with a true freshman. You need someone else to be contributing a decent amount so that all the pressure isn't on just them. Yeah. Well, and, and, and we, and I know PJ said this in the press conference about, he's not going to turn away. He's not going to give up on the passing game. Da, 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 da. Okay. Like I, I, I please show that to me, you know, because last year against Northwestern, he just ran the ball yes. all game. So this year, he's got to prove that he's willing to work on the passing game because you can get away with running the next couple weeks, maybe. Yeah. But when Michigan comes to town, if that pass game isn't humming, you're going to be in big, big trouble. Yeah, and the talent's there. Like it, it, it does. We know that this can be a better passing game than what it is right now, and and even better than last year. And I think th- I personally think so. And as far as the de- defense goes, though, I, I mean, yeah, you got to look out for Henning and Porter. Um, but I think as long as the Joe Rossi defense does what Joe Rossi defenses do, um, they should be fine. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, Northwestern is, you know, they're 128th in SP plus in offense. They are not the most prolific unit. A Joe Rossi defense should be able to shut them down. And so it comes down to what does Minnesota want to work on? And I hope that they spend the time, like you said, working on the passing game and finding a second running back. Yep. And I would like to see, I'd be happy to see Evans and Tyler and even Bryce Williams get some carries yeah. and just see how everybody plays and who can slot in and, and, and produce behind Taylor because we're not getting the production that we need in that second spot. Well, and we got to just, can we please just punch it in when we're in the red zone, like consistently, can we please do that? <laughs> that's been the biggest, that's been the biggest issue. That's been the biggest issue. The Gophers have had is their red zone scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we want to see them. So that's what I want to see the Gophers improve this week. I want to see the Gophers, um, find a passing game or get back on track with the passing game and find a way to convert in the red zone. Yeah. And with, with Northwestern, man, you know, I think it's, it just goes the same as it was last week. I want to see, I want to see Cam Porter really get touches. I want to see him go and, and gain, you know, really get, get some yardage under his belt. And, because he's got to be the bell cow and you got to get him involved in that. And I think as well as the, in the passing game, um, yeah. Hen- Henning is a solid target. I think he's always going to be good. He's just kind of that, that, uh, uh, you know, Jack of all trades kind of, kind of guy. He can do a lot of things. He's super talented. You got to account for him on every snap. If he's yeah, in the absolutely. game, you have to make sure you have him covered because he can get loose and hurt you in a hurry. Absolutely. So, for me, that's what I want to see offensively. Uh, defensively, you know, I think there's some, there have been some flashes of some good things. And, yeah. you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, and again, we'll see if, if it's, if Ethan can, does a, does a, can get his game together and do a better job. Great. But I mean, if he puts that ball in dangerous places or if our receivers continue to, drop you know drop passes or tip them up and and you know i it's it's a it could be scary so i'm i'm optimistic and i'm feel i'm heavily favoring minnesota but yeah you know i i'm i want to see better execution yeah i mean Corey crooms and daniel jackson's jackson are reliable targets but we have to see guys like brevin spanford and elijah spencer have to show they can catch the ball yep 
Yeah. Um, yeah. If you know, and Minnesota will obviously try to establish the run. There's no question about that, but they have to work on the passing game or it's just, they're not going to be ready for what's coming down the, down the pike. No. Yeah. Um, Are the Gophers a threat to win the West? I honestly think this game will give us an idea which direction they're heading. And if they're the kind of team that can make a, that can keep improving and make a run at the West or, or or are they a team that's not going to be able to figure out the passing game all year? Well, and that's, yeah, exactly. There's that. And so like, then we have to figure out again, what, you know, what is our identity truly going to be? And I, I'm, I think, uh, I personally would like us to continue to move forward with the pass because I, even if this year, if it doesn't seem to work in our favor, I think that's the future of this game and especially in this conference. And if you don't have a, a, a functional passing game, you're not going to win a lot of games, you know, with, with all the incoming teams that are, and, and you can see where the way all the other offenses are turning now, including Minnesota. Um, that's just the way it's got to be. You got to have uh, a competent passing game. Yeah. So we will be watching that with bated breath as we also try to watch Ohio state, Notre Dame and Iowa Penn state at the same time, because the college football gods have mocked us with putting all of these games <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Well, should we should we pick it? Yep, absolutely. I have Minnesota thirty-one, Northwestern six. Okay, I actually I have Minnesota thirty-one as well, uh, and I have Northwestern at seven. I think they do score a touchdown. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, well. One more time for everybody. Uh, I just wanted to run before we wrap up here uh, to remind everyone again that you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, uh, and Google Podcasts. And please, like we said before, follow us. Give us a five-star review. You can totally destroy us in the, in the review. That's fine. Just give us a five-star. Yes, star. please rip us. Just give us a five-star review. <laughs> and then again, on Twitter, you can find us. Uh, we Live for Saturday. Um, at we live for B1G sat. That's at we live for B1G sat. Send us any comments, whatever you want. We're here for it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for listening today. We're really excited to watch these games this weekend. And we will be back on Sunday night to react to everything that happened. So um, thanks for listening to We Live for Saturday, and we'll see you soon.